You're listening to For Fork's Sake, and I'm Beck Perino. Please join me for conversations about the emotional space between why we cook and why we eat and have a forking good time. Do you ever come across a person and think, this is a fascinating human? Since the beginning of the Sydney lockdown this year, I continuously came across one particular face on so many of the wonderful food establishments I follow on social media. As his face grew increasingly familiar, this lean eating machine had me intrigued and impressed. James Webb is an absolute joy to follow. He puts away incredible portions of food in an array of food challenges while amazingly maintaining an impressive physique. I had to get to know more about him. After a few months of following him through lockdown, I was entertained and yet unable to contain my sheer jealousy in his consumption levels. But I was also finding myself cheering for him from the comfort of my lounge while struggling through one thick cookie. So I reached out to have a chat with this legend and he was awesome and obliging. James has a beautiful and somewhat ironically balanced relationship with food and fitness and my respect for him grew as our conversation progressed. He's a great guy with an enviable appetite and you all need to go and watch his live feeds at Eat on Instagram, TikTok or YouTube after listening to this chat about his journey in food challenges you are sure to gain the appreciation I have for his unique skill. James, so good to have you today. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Have you eaten yet this morning? Not yet because we're on our way to a food challenge. Okay. What are you eating? I'm going to do 100 buffalo wings. Nice. I'm a bit jealous. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been quite intrigued by you. I kept stumbling across your name on like all the cafe and online food Instagram pages that that I follow. And I'm thinking, who is this shredded guy eating up every food joint in Sydney? I was totally taken. So I started following you and I'm pretty gobsmacked and impressed with your level of food consumption. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> but I want to know a little bit more about you. So I've, I've got a lot, I've got a few things that I want to ask, particularly about what your upbringing was like when it came to food. What was food like in your household? Uh, food was in abundance. So my mum is Croatian. So having a bit of a ethnic background, my mum and my baba were always brilliant cooks and always cooked lots so we always had leftovers right so I've always grown up eating quite a bit um also I think because of you know like I really enjoy my mom's cooking right so I always had home-cooked meals as a kid uh we didn't eat out very much growing up my mom and my baba cooked for us all the time so I think I uh got used to eating big amounts like home-cooked meals because it was always available Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that. We didn't eat out much either. Mum, like Italian background, mum um, always wanted to put dinner on the table and I've spoken about it with some other people before that we only had like one staple like Chinese restaurant and then it was just like the local would buy pizza place or just, you know, really simple places that we would sometimes be treated to. But, um, yeah, mainly food was in the household. So did um, mum make anything um, that you really, really obsess over that you still love today that brings back nostalgic memories? 
Yeah, so uh, my mama's schnitzel, um, both pork and chicken schnitzel is one of my favorites. But my childhood, like absolute favorite that like every time I go home, my mom always makes it for me is pasta with red sauce and chicken. Yeah, yum. Italian so like that was like, too. yeah, that was like my favorite growing up. And like, so every time I go home for like family dinner, my mom always makes that for me. Yeah, nice. Cool. So was, so you had food in abundance, as you said, did, was there any moment in your life where food became negative or was there any difficult, like challenges that came with this abundant, um, <laughs> abundant food source and you eating plenty? To be honest, I think the biggest challenge I've ever had with food was going from having mama's cooking all the time to like being strict with bodybuilding. And I used to play semi-professional soccer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I couldn't always eat, you know, what mama cooked because you can't be smashing all this calorie dense food if you got a game to play or you're dieting, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that when I moved out of home at like 23, the transition was a bit harder because I went from home cooked meals all the time to eating out of a plastic container. Yeah. And it took me a while to adjust because while well, moving out of home, I was cooking my own food. And then obviously being a boy, I didn't have the most culinary skills. So I had to teach myself to cook. Um, and then like going from like, you know, pastas, lasagna, schnitzel, you know, roast dinners most nights of the week to like chicken rice vegetables or steak rice vegetables like basic of basic mm -hmm. that was the biggest I think the hardest thing for me to deal with but in terms of like amount of food I've always been pretty good with like I can eat what's in front of me and be happy with that yeah regardless you know sometimes if it's only a small meal I might be hungry like soon after but it's like if it's finished if my plate's finished then like I'm okay with that yeah, you're content. So you've obviously your relationship with food has evolved. So you've probably done a, a lot of learning about, um, you know, nutrition and things like that because you are pretty, um, you know, immersed in that fitness and bodybuilding space. And that's something I can definitely relate to because it was a real shock to my family because I did a stint in bodybuilding myself as you probably know by now. So I did quite a number of years before I decided to start a family. And it was difficult on my husband because when we first got married, I was cooking the way I learned at home with a bit of a whole foods twist and, you know, a bit more health conscious than my family was. But I was like treating him to, you know, three course meals, no kids. I was like, yeah, let's, I was getting home at like 3.30, going to the gym for an hour and then coming home and making these mad meals. And then, you get into bodybuilding and all of a sudden you do find that, um, you know, you are eating out of a plastic container or you've got like a birthday party or your family's like we're going out to this restaurant and then you're sitting there with your little <laughs> six-pack fitness red yep, container. Exactly, I can relate. you're eating this shitty meal that you're finished in like 30 seconds and everybody's eating for hours in front yeah. of you. So, We've all been there. Yeah, I mean, like, that must be pretty difficult. So, like, I know I'll ask you a little bit more about how you balance what you're doing now with um, your food challenges and your training because you've got incredible physique. But I guess what I wanted to know is when did you figure out that you could eat such large portions and enjoy it? <laughs> okay, so, look, I've always been a pretty big eater. Um However, recently, like around the end of May, 
I did a random burger challenge. Me and my girlfriend went to Hunter Valley mm -hmm. and we stopped in a pub and I did their burger challenge thinking like, it's a bit of fun. It's no big deal. But um, I was actually the first person to eat to complete this challenge. <laughs> and I thought, all right, everyone's carrying on. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's no big deal. The next day I was on the news and on the radio and stuff. And then I realized like this big eating thing is actually a novelty. Yeah. But really, I've always been a big eater. Um, it just usually isn't all in one big city. I would just eat like a lot of meals throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but now I'm guess I'm eating one or two like really big meals a day. Um, and I didn't realize that people actually find it fun or enjoyable or whatever it is. They they like they've connected and they get involved now. Um, that's I think for me the strangest part because like for me it's nothing really new. The only thing that's changed is like today, for example, I'm going to eat like five kilos of chicken wings, right? Yeah. So I'm eating all of the same thing. Normally, like, for example, if I go to a restaurant, me and my girlfriend we would order like, you know, five entrees and five mains and just share them. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't be eating like all of the same thing. Um, but I realized if you eat a big amount of all the same thing, people actually, people love it. So I've kind of just rolled with it. It's because not everyone can do that. <laughs> Yeah, like, and see, um, that's nothing. I never realized that. I never realized, like, so I thought how much I eat uh, is quite normal because, like, a lot of my friends were, like, you know, bodybuilders, whatever, pretty big eaters, right? Obviously, I knew I was bigger than most people when it came to appetite, but I never realized how much bigger appetite I had. So do you get a bit of a kick out of the fact that people are now enjoying watching you eat these huge, huge portions of food? To be fair, I think it's hilarious. Um I think it's hilarious that people, A, enjoy it, or B, like, get a laugh out of it. Like, during lockdown, I provided a bit of entertainment, whatever. But I think it's hilarious the amount of people that want to hate on me and troll me for oh. something that, like, I feel like is just, like, it, it's, I haven't just woken up one day and, and eaten this way. Like, I've eaten big my whole life. So, like, it's like now people are trying to troll me for something I've always done albeit a little bit different, you know, all of the same thing or like, you know, you don't exactly sit down for a five kilo meal. I'd have like five kilos of food over the course of the day normally, right? Yeah. So I, it's just, to be fair, I still, some days I'm like, holy crap, like, is it actually happening? But <laughs> I enjoy it. Like, I think it's funny. If, look, if I took myself too seriously, I wouldn't do it, right, in front of a camera and whatever. Yeah. So I kind of just roll with it. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty cool. Like I've been with my husband now for 17 years and I thought he had a big appetite. Like I remember watching him eat for the first time and I was completely just like, I don't know, maybe that was part of the reason why I fell in love with him because I like a man with a good appetite and I just thought, yes, I'm going to be able to cook for this person and really express my love through food and he's going to appreciate it. And now he he sees me come like watching you eat and he's like, why do you love watching people eat so much? I'm like, I don't know. I just, because food is my thing and food knowledge and food passion and food psychology is just something that I'm so obsessed with. I guess I just, I just wonder to myself how you do it. Like, I know you're saying that you've always been like that, but I'm watching you eat like four kilos of those thick cookies. Meanwhile, I can, I'm struggling through one. I'm literally eating it at the same time going, if only I can finish this one cookie. To be honest, right, I found since I've started doing all these like challenges and stuff, what's interests me most is the my ability to increase my capacity. Mm. Like I'll give an example, right? I've been doing pizza. Like pizza is my favorite food, right? Like takeout, I'll always opt for pizza. 
So, uh, obviously, I don't know if you know this, but Pizza Hut do two for Tuesday. So, like, buy one, get one free pizza. Yeah. So, during lockdown, I kind of made it a thing. I'm going to see how much pizza I can eat, right? So, I started off only being able to eat five pizzas in one sitting. And mm-hmm. throughout the course of lockdown, I increased my capacity to eight complete pizzas. Yeah, wow. So, like, it, that's what interests me the most is I can actually – it's like bodybuilding, right? You go to the gym, you do weights, you get bigger muscles, right? Yeah. It's like you sit down, you eat food, you keep eating a little bit more food and you can eat more food overall. Like it's, that's what interests me the most. I think how much I can push myself. Yeah. So it's an experiment now. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. And trying to balance, like obviously trying not to get morbidly obese while doing it. Yeah. I want to ask you about that because like I was just talking about like how um, hard I found it to do that meal prep and I was on such strict calories when I know things are different for women and bodybuilding is a completely different space for, for women than it is for men. But you maintain an awesome physique. So you're quite lean. Um, you know, you, you train a lot, which I appreciate. Like I'm, you know, five months pregnant and I'm still training and people think that's a bit weird to see me with a belly at the gym, but I do love it. Um, but I usually track my food when I'm training for physique. So when I'm like, I've got three, this will be my third child. So when I've been in this in between having my children, I go back to tracking. So I'm big on macros and that's how I just find that I can still enjoy a variety of foods, but keep it, you know, to a a level that's going to keep me in the shape that I want. So I'm thinking you're doing multiple challenges a day. You train heaps, like I'm guessing every day. Almost yeah, but to days. be fair, I don't, I don't train that much. I only train for 45 minutes. Yeah, same. That's pretty That's pretty standard. But I, I need to understand how are you balancing your training, your physique with the amount of calories that you're consuming? Is your body so, just absolutely your metabolism on fire? What's going on? Well, first of all, I've put on almost four kilos since lockdown. But I did start at 7% body fat. So I feel like... If I was 84 at 7% body fat, if I put on four or five kilos, it's not going to look that much different. As in like, I'm still going to look to a decent standard. Um, I, I guess, look, I don't condone eating how I eat if you're trying to lose weight or maintain weights because that won't happen. Um, I feel like because I started off in good shape, I have a lot of room to move because in my, like, for example, I'm not competing in bodybuilding. I'm not, I don't have a goal in mind. Yeah. I just try and keep in good nick year round. So like, if I start looking a bit fluffy in the mirror, I just tone it back a bit because it doesn't really bother me whether I'm 84 or 86 or 87 kilos. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. As long as I look, look good in the mirror and feel okay. And my girlfriend still enjoys looking at me. That's <laughs> all I care about really. Um, so I'm not that strict, uh, in terms of like, Oh, I'm going to put on weight or he, I get heaps of questions like, Oh, how do you drop the weight? I don't drop the weight. I don't intend to drop the weight. I don't try and burn the calories. I'm not trying to offset what I eat with exercise. Um, I think what a lot of people miss is if you bodybuild and diet correctly, you should be increasing your calories over time. Right? Yeah, exactly. So my, before I started eating this crazy, my maintenance calories were 6,000 calories a day. Yeah. People are like, oh, that's impossible. Well, no, it's not because I've been bodybuilding for 15 years. If you've been dieting for 15 years, you should be have you should have increased your your calorie base level tenfold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I took it seriously, 
like if I bodybuilded it full time for 15 years and dieted full time for 15 years, which is almost impossible because we're not robots, right? Yeah. 6,000 calories is actually not much at all. Because if you're going through uh, periods of surplus and deficit, by, by just doing the math, you're going to increase your calorie intake, right? Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky in terms of I, I built up my maintenance calories over time to about 6,000 like, for maintenance and being able to maintain around 7 8% body fat. Yeah, nice. So that's kind of how I – I didn't really have to uh, – right now, I'm not trying to balance it out. I feel like the hard work has already been done. Because yeah. of my background, my past, and me. To be fair, I never bodybuilded to compete. I bodybuilded to be able to eat more food and look as good as I can look and still enjoy food. So, like, you know how you say you go through periods of, like, tracking, not tracking, or being able to have a wide variety of foods and still, you know, maintain pretty good condition? Yeah. I, I wanted to be able to eat out with my family, go home for mama's cooking, go out with my friends or my partner, whatever, and not have to worry. Because I know a lot of bodybuilders, they have a bad relationship with food. And they're like, oh, I can't eat that. Yeah. And they get like mad guilty for having a meal out with their friends or whatever, right? Yeah, because so, like, there is a lot of bro science in that space. And some people aren't educated enough on how to get results with um, and learn about that surplus and things like that. So I'm only, I've only learned about that when since coming out of bodybuilding. Um, and I mean, when you've got the stage as your end goal, things are a little bit different. It's a little bit more strict. You've got to carb load, you've got to dehydrate. There's so many things that you've got to do, but I really value what you said about, um, building your, your calories and your surplus because, um, you know, I've had this conversation with my coach, like he's quite built. He's not, he's not, um, a bodybuilder. He's a power lifter. So you can imagine the calories that he has to consume in a day and it's probably around that you know 5,000 to 6,000 mark too and he's always looking at ways at how he can be in maintenance mode but increase those calories so he's taught me a lot about that too because when I'm not training when I'm not tracking some days I'll be lucky to eat like 1200 calories and then when I start training we his biggest goal is to build me up to you know 1800 calories easy and then eventually I'll be in a maintenance at two and a half thousand which is what women should be eating at my size and my weight and my activity level so I think you actually have added a lot of value because there's probably a lot of a like there's probably a bit of a mixed idea about what you're actually doing to maintain your physique and do these food challenges. And I definitely appreciate you saying that because it's good for the fitness industry and it's also good for people who don't understand that you can still look good and, and eat a decent amount. Yeah, I feel like I feel like these days there's a lot of really look, there's a lot of people that call themselves coaches that aren't actually educated to have that kind of title. Um, they give a lot of false information. And then obviously with social media and the rest of it, it's very easy to access information. And if you're learning or you're quite new to gym, bodybuilding, health, fitness, dieting, whatever you want to call it, it's very easy to be led up the garden path and be, you know, taught or you can believe the wrong thing. Um, so like, because obviously I've had, I've got a background in personal training. I'm quite educated in that field. My, I use my knowledge and my experience, not just what I've read off Google, right? And people want to question me all the time what I'm doing or what I've done. And then, for example, uh, my partner, she used to be one of those uh, booty band clean eating girls, yeah? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, how about you try this? 
and then find me a girl that eats like two, two and a half calories, two and a half thousand calories every single day and he's still shredded and he's strong, can lift her body weight. No booty bands, no nothing, just basic training, a lot of food and she feels great, right? Yeah. People don't want to believe it can happen. But then when they try it, they're like, it can happen. It's possible, right? I think because people don't know what they don't know, they're scared to like maybe think outside the box. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand what makes a food clean or I think, dirty. I think what right? happens is that people don't understand that to live the, to live that kind of lifestyle where you are enjoying that food, your activity level has to match. So let's be real here. If you're you if you, you can't just say I'm going to eat two and a half thousand calories a day of whatever I want, and I'm not going to train, but I'm not, I don't expect to put on weight because how do you look so good when you eat two and a half thousand calories a day? So the difference is is that there are some people who are active and going to the gym, and it doesn't really matter you know, what kind of movement you're doing, we all know that resistance training, well, I know that resistance training works for, for most people. Some people who are big cardio fans, that's fine. Um, I'm a firm believer in resistance training. And I just think that that's where things go, go wrong because people aren't looking at their life and going, well, you know, like there could be a guy out there that's eating massive meals, not as big as yours, who doesn't understand how you train and what you train and what you've done to build your build your metabolism and your maintenance and your surpluses and whatnot. And they're just sitting there going, well, why don't I look like him? Because I, you know, he eats more than what I do and why aren't I shredded? So it's all, it's all relative. People don't understand until they've actually put, you know, put themselves in somebody else's shoes and lived their life and understood the, the work that goes in in that way. But Definitely. I think it's great that um, yourself and your girlfriend can enjoy food and enjoy it together and that you've kind of got a lifestyle that matches. So that's pretty awesome. Well, the thing is, right, if you can't go out and enjoy a meal with your family or your partner, right, then what good is that? Like why would you have a lifestyle where you're so restricted that you can't go and have a social outing or something like this, right? Like obviously coming from an ethnic household, Food's a big part of my life. Mm. Uh, you know, every family gathering is let's eat. You know what I mean? Like where are we eating tonight or what are we, where are we going sort of thing. It's not like let's party. It's like let's eat. So it's like if, why would I, you know, restrict myself from that kind of what I enjoy? Yeah. That's the part I don't understand. All these people want to get into like the bodybuilding lifestyle, but then they have this idea where you're literally – stuck in these four walls and you've got to eat out of these little plastic containers and stuff. They don't actually take the time to educate themselves um, and learn that it's all about balance. Like if you go all the way to one side, you're not going to, it's not, you can't be consistent. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something you don't like, you're not going to stick to it. Right. Yeah. So, so really my, when I first started bodybuilding, right. My, my idea in my head was how can I eat pizza and enjoy mama's cooking and look good. Yeah. Right. So I, I took the time to learn what, 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 what food means. End of the day, diet is just numbers. It's a mathematical equation. So all I did was do the numbers and work out this, how much calories in your average pizza. If I want to eat three pizzas, then I've got to build my calories up to this level so I can still look good and not blow out like a, you know, like a whale. Yeah. And I just, over time, it just increases, increases, increases. And now like, I'm pretty lucky. I'm in a pretty good position where, I can eat like a bit of a dick and still look pretty good. But I think people forget like you don't just wake up one day shredded. 
You don't yeah. just wake up one day with a big appetite. But if you're in shape and you've been training and you build muscle, your appetite's going to increase anyway, right? So should your appetite and your diet should reflect your progress in the gym. I feel like people forget that they're directly linked. Like yeah. you can't be training the house down and building muscle if you're not if your diet doesn't match. It's impossible. That's right. And I feel like people like they're like, oh, how can you be so shredded? But I'm like, I've been training for 15 years, man. I didn't wake up this way. You've been in the gym for like six months and you expect to be shredded already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think people forget this stuff takes time. Just like anything, it takes time. If you want to be good at something, it's practice, right? Yeah. People just want the uh, overnight solution. And that's why I feel like uh, a lot of these people that, oh, yeah, if I eat no food and cut my calories really drastically, I'm going to get shredded. No, you're going to get skinny. Mm, and sick and, and very sick you don't understand that there's a difference between being shredded and being skinny yeah that's right so I remember with me I just think I just think back to a time when I started actually when I finished bodybuilding and I was able to have a little bit more fun with things I didn't increase my calories um you know it wasn't relevant to how I was training you know I started lifting heavier when I stopped bodybuilding because I was like oh now I just want to you know, build more muscle. And then I didn't change my food enough. And I ended up getting really sick. Like your, your vision yeah, but, starts to go, yeah. you get brain fog, you start losing your yeah. hair, it takes a massive toll. So that's really Definitely. important what you said, your, you know, your appetite and your, your goals in the gym need to kind of um, evolve together. So yeah, it's really important. I guess I want to talk to you a bit more about your food challenges because of the nature of what you're doing. You eat, you eat a lot. And I know you speak about, and Kate mentions it a lot while you're, while you're recording that you can sometimes get a bit of flavor fatigue. So cool. yep. do, you, are you, do you get sick of foods? Like, cause for me, I, I, I try so hard not to do things that damage my relationship with food. Like say I get, go, go to a dodgy place and, you know, and I get sick or something like that, then I'll be turned off that food for ages. So I'm really careful about like where I go to eat and what I'm, and what I'm putting in my system for that regard. But because you eat so much of one particular food, do you get sick of it? Uh, look, the only foods I've gotten sick of so far from food challenges are the ones I didn't really enjoy to begin with. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard me say this on a live stream or whatever, but like, cause pizza is my favorite food, right? I would have pizza seven out of seven days without fail. <laughs> like I love pizza. Um, but things like, okay, I'm not the biggest mayonnaise fan. So I got really turned off mayonnaise when I did a challenge that involved a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah. I actually haven't touched mayonnaise since that challenge. <laughs> um, also I'm not the biggest vegetable fan. So like broccoli and bean sprouts, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Um, so I've done a few challenges, Asian inspired challenges that have had a lot of broccoli and bean sprouts and I literally can't even smell them anymore. Like I'm just like done with it, but the foods I enjoy, I'm, I'm good to go. Like donuts, cookies, pizza, chicken wings. Like, yeah, at the time when you're really full and bloated, you're like, yeah, I've had enough. But then like you wake up the next day, you're like, nah, I'm buzzing for pizza again or donuts. I'm good to go. Yeah. So my relationship with food. Uh, I believe is quite good in terms of if I like the food, there's not much you can do to make me dislike it. But in saying that the foods I don't really enjoy, because I guess also I'm a big believer, like when it comes to just being bodybuilding and dieting and stuff, I never ate the foods I didn't like. So like, you know, we've all gone through that chicken and broccoli stage, right? It's all a part of learning. We all went through that. Yeah. Oh, I'm only going to eat chicken and broccoli. 
literally I did that when I was 18, actually, because it was like uni days, not much money. It was tuna and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'll never touch tuna or broccoli out of choice ever again, right? Mm. Um, so when when a challenge has broccoli in it, it just reminds me of, man, I used to thrash the broccoli and I really don't enjoy broccoli. So like I think they're the only foods I dislike, the ones I never I stay I stayed away from in the beginning. Yeah, wow. Isn't that funny? Like I've um because I got a bit turned off just anything that resembled what was coming out of those containers for a long time. And um then I started falling back in love with a few of those foods, like broccoli's a staple in our house. But every single time, every pregnancy, I've been completely turned off everything that was in those containers again. It's like it's like my brain switches. It's like there's like a snap that goes off and goes, no, don't touch that. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, honestly, it took me a while to realize you don't need to eat specific foods to be able to diet. I, I After, you know, a good six months of like tuna, broccoli, chicken, broccoli, whatever, whatever, I realized the foods I didn't like. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this, there's no way I can eat these foods. So I was pretty lucky because I like a lot of food. I just eliminated the foods I didn't like. So I guess I hate broccoli, but because I haven't eaten it for years, I'll eat it for the sake of a challenge. Yeah. But I'd never choose to eat broccoli. Like, I don't know who, I don't know how you guys choose to eat that food. Like, I, I just can't stand it. <laughs> now I secretly hope that somebody who listens to this sponsors you with like six kilos of broccoli and makes oh. you eat <laughs> I, I don't think I could even look at six kilos of broccoli. <laughs> I would, I would pay to see that actually. <laughs> um, so I noticed that you drink um, a lot of uh, like fizzy drinks and yeah, soft drink. Yeah, like during your yeah. challenges. And I just think, that stuff makes me so full. So, but do you feel like it helps you? Is it because it helps you burp or what is it doing for you? So a couple of things. I've always been a big soft drink drinker. Mm-hmm. I've always loved soft drink. Yeah. Uh, secondly, when you're doing a challenge, uh, uh, look, I don't drink soft drinks with sweet challenges, only savory. Yeah. Because obviously if you're eating four or five kilo of savory, salty, whatever it may be, you need something sweet to break up the flavor fatigue. So the sweetness does help you stomach more. Okay. Yeah. Um, it also helps you burp. So heaps of people have questioned this theory. And I've to prove my theory, I've done challenges with water, with cordial, with milk, with juice, just to prove the theory, right? Yeah. Now, soda, soft drink, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, it does fill you up. But the gas helps you burp. So when you're doing a food challenge and you're gulping down food, you're taking in a lot of air, right? Yeah. So the, 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 the soft drink helps get that air out of your stomach. The carbonation, right? It helps you burp. So you're not only burping up the soft drink carbonation, you're burping up the air you're taking in from gulping this food down. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. So it's got a few benefits. Unlike people are like, oh, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. But then I'm like, well, have you tried it? Because I've actually tried it. And drinking water with challenges, I feel like it has no benefit, none whatsoever. Like it doesn't help you with flavor fatigue. It definitely doesn't help you burp. It just sits in your stomach, right? Yeah. So okay. I think, uh, look, everyone, each to their own, but I've always been a soft drink drink. I know some people can't stomach soft drink, right? Like my girlfriend, she doesn't drink soft drink. Mm. She just doesn't like it. It doesn't make her feel great. But me, I can drink soft drink like water. Yeah. And do you feel like, because when you're doing a sweet challenge, have you ever tried something like coffee? I heard that something bitter can help with the sweet so challenge. So the, the problem with that, like I love coffee, but the problem is caffeine constricts your stomach. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. so you can't eat as much. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're going to drink caffeine during a challenge, you're just restricting your capacity, and that's not going to help you if you're trying to take down four kilos of cookies. Yeah. You need all the help you can get, right? Yeah, fair call. So with, with sweet challenges, I don't actually drink that much. I just sip on water normally. Yeah. So I guess – I wonder, since you are doing these food challenges and you still train, I wonder, do you still see food as something that can be enjoyed? Like, do you ever go fine dining? Do you still, you know, relish in those cultural dishes? Or are you just looking at it as, okay, challenge time or, okay, fuel for my training? To be fair, I love food. I always have loved food. Um, I've never been a party boy. I've always enjoyed going out to eat. It's what I do, right? Mm. So my 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 thoughts about food is I enjoy it. It's my it's that's my fun time out, right? Like my Saturday night is where am I going for dinner tonight? I enjoy that. Yeah, nice. Um, so like these food challenges, uh, albeit some of them have you know been a bit ridiculous, I still look forward to now. Obviously, lockdown's over. Yeah, just being able to go. So me and my girlfriend, we have a few like favorite spots that we go to as often as possible right yeah uh now that lockdown's over i'm looking forward to just being able to have a night out with my girlfriend and just go to our favorite place and and eat um to be fair we go out and we order a lot and we eat a lot anyway we both enjoy our food right so whether there's a camera in front of my face or not i'm still going to enjoy my food yeah nice and also i guess doing these challenges meeting new people and different like whether it's a restaurant or catering company or whatever it's um opened me up to different foods i've never tried before yeah, like for example uh two nights ago i had malaysian curry for the first time mm. so like now i have something else i can go and find like wh- where can i find another malaysian curry right i've never really eaten that before yeah. so i've got to experience new foods that you know during it, so these challenges, I guess, what I'm trying to say is they've opened my eyes up to different cultures and different foods, which I normally wouldn't, you know, choose or think to have. So now it's like, this is fun. I can find another Malaysian restaurant in Sydney when lockdown's over and we can go and enjoy some Malaysian food. Yeah, nice. So I feel like they've got a, they're strongly linked because I enjoy food. I think you can't do food challenges if you don't enjoy your food mm. because it's, look, some of them are not easy. Yeah. Um, some, of, some people can't even look at like five kilos of chicken wings, for example, right? <laughs> so like if you don't enjoy it, you can't do it. Yeah. And I guess on that, we laugh about the broccoli, but would if somebody challenged you to eat something that you, that you don't think that you'll like, would you do it anyway? Uh, look, depending on what it is, yes, because I will try anything once. If I've had a lot of people recommend me challenges that are just – straight up dangerous for example i don't know if you know much about the what they call a chugging challenge so there's a few american pro eaters that um they've they've sculled like four liters of milk in like record time (laughs) Um, and that's designed to make you throw up because your body can't process that amount of dairy Um, people have recommended or how many raw eggs could you eat things like that i'm not even going to consider that or tubs of spread like or how much tubs of nutella can you eat I'm not going to do harmful challenges. Yeah. But things like, for example, like let's just use the broccoli for an example. If someone said, oh, how much broccoli could you eat? If I buy you five kilos of broccoli, would you eat it? I would attempt that because there's no harm done in that. Yeah, it wouldn't be enjoyable. It might taste a bit disgusting, mm-hmm. but it's not going to harm me. 
Yeah. Um, and I think provided it's not like something silly, like, you know, or eat a dozen raw eggs, for example, yeah. I would do it because that's just dumb and stupid. I'm not stupid. Like I do this because I enjoy it. I'm not trying to cause myself pain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would do any challenge provided it was a legitimate food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you feel punished with the curry? Because I know it was spicy. <laughs> to be fair, I've been really working on my chili tolerance. Yeah, I've been doing cool. spicy noodles. I did the world's hottest corn chips, the one chip challenge and stuff. So I, look, the, the chili challenges are a bit, they're a bit harsh. I'm not going to lie, but they're kind of fun as well. Um, chili is really constricting on your stomach. So you can't, like you start off like me, I've never really been a big chili person. Mm. Um, like chili flakes is as much chili as I've eaten in my lifetime. But now, like, people are like, oh, eat chili wings, eat chili chips and all this stuff. So it's been a good experiment for me to see how much chili stuff I can actually eat. Yeah. Um, so the curry actually – I really enjoyed that curry because, well, it was seven kilos to begin with, but it was very chilly. So it was enjoyable because, like, yeah, all right, you get a runny nose and your eyes – you start sweating and you get a bit, you know, irritated. But the fact that I put away seven kilos of chili food – I felt pretty accomplished, to be yeah, honest. that's amazing. Pretty cool. We yeah. eat a lot of chili. I, well, I do. I know that I have to be mindful because I've got the little ones in the household. But um, my husband eats it too. We have so many family members that are not big on chili. And I just feel – because my family's from the south of Italy and particularly okay. the region that my mum is from, um, chili is like in ev almost every dish. Just a hint of it is just what yeah. makes it really – yeah, see, and I, I've learned this too, right? There's chili and there's chili, right? So I've grown up with, like, for example, my mom always puts chili flakes. There's always chili flakes on the table, whether it's pasta or whatever it may be, right? And I've worked for a Korean company for almost 10 years, so I've traveled Korea. So I've had a lot of sriracha sauce and things like that, right? Um, I love sushi, so I've had a lot of wasabi in my time. But then there's chili, like these Reaper Carolina chilies that are like this next level like, I don't even know how these are – I don't know how these are physically, like, naturally grown. Like, yeah. that's how hot they are. Yeah. So, like, I I thought, like, before all this, I thought, yeah, I'm decent with chili. I enjoy chili. You have a Reaper chili and you feel like your tongue is going to melt. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So, like, yeah, I see what you're saying, how chili is a part of your life and stuff. But this Reaper stuff is, like, a whole new level. Yeah. It doesn't like, matter it, like, what it, your tolerance levels are. Yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. Yeah. The, first time I, the first time I tried it, like, I was sweating from my ears. That's how intense it was. Yeah, no, I won't eat chili unless I'm going to enjoy it. I think that's but important it's fun. to know. Yeah. It's, all, it's um, all part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, I We've seen you prep a lot of your own food for your challenges. So you've gone through some phases where, you know, you moved out of home and then you were prepping your own food for your nutrition goals and your fitness goals, um, you know, earlier in your life. So do you still enjoy um, – cooking or are you just if you're going to cook is it just very similar with that like notorious food prep situation and uh, no no I, I actually enjoy cooking um to be fair if I'm going to be honest with you um I haven't actually dieted strictly in a couple of years yeah um because I do enjoy cooking so like for example I love cooking a barbecue or making like a mad roast pork in the oven things like this right like so I've I've evolved definitely. So when I first moved out of home, obviously being a boy and not cooking much growing up, um, I've learned how to cook basically with my food prep. And then it evolved like, you know, 
I would because I actually enjoy my I actually enjoy cooking. Like I can say, if my if my girlfriend wants a home cooked meal, instead of going out for dinner, I'll be like, let's go groceries and I'll make something nice. You know. Yeah. Um. So I've experimented over the years and I've worked out what I like or what I'm good at cooking. So I enjoy any opportunity to get in the kitchen or get on the barbecue and make a sick meal. It doesn't have to be food prep. Um, my, my girlfriend is quite, she likes to track her calories and be pretty strict most days of the week, just so, you know, she can keep in shape. Yeah. So a lot of, I cook my own challenges or while I'm eating my challenges, I always cook for her, make sure she's got food ready to go. So, you know, it, I can't expect her to be looking at me or filming me punishing all this gluttonous food and her starving to death. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so even if I'm doing my challenge, I still try and cook for her at least once or twice a day. Um, so she's got food ready to go. Um, so it doesn't have to be food prepped food. It can be anything. I actually enjoy learning how to cook and experimenting and stuff like this. I just hate cleaning. Yeah. Washing dishes is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Isn't it for everyone? <laughs> Who yeah. wants to, you just want to sit and enjoy what you've made. You don't want to think about what's in the sink. Exactly. Um, I, I, if I was Kate, I would totally appreciate that. I have a husband who does no cooking. I mean, he might turn on the barbecue and like I told you before, 17 year relationship and I've never had a meal cooked for me. <laughs> so I would love that break because especially in lockdown, the thing that I have felt most um, challenged by is the fact that I haven't really had a break. You know, the only break from cooking that I've had is, um, you know, once a once a week or once a fortnight we will get the Uber Eats or something like that yeah. just so I don't have to do it. But, um, yeah, I just guess I, it seems as though you're well balanced. Like you get to experience a bit of both, like people providing food for you guys and then you'd still get to that avenue of being um, creative in the kitchen. So, And to be honest, I um... – I guess I found during these challenges during lockdown, when I was creating my own challenges at home, I found a new appreciation for like cooking in bulk. Like it's easy to cook for one or two people. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're trying to cook like four or five kilos of food at a time, that's hard. So like my mum growing up would always cook big amounts, you know, in my, in my house growing up, there's always leftovers. And I never realized like cooking, like, four kilos of pasta versus like one serving of pasta is so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess during this lockdown and cooking my own challenges, I found this new appreciation for bulk cooking. Yeah. It's not as easy as everyone thinks, but also there's a huge, uh, well, for me it is anyway, a bit of a sense of accomplishment. When I cooked my own challenges and it was like a four or five kilo spread and it tasted good, I'm like, that's mad. Like I can actually do it. If I put my mind to it, I can actually do this and I can actually enjoy it. Yeah. You so probably I guess open your own business now. <laughs> uh, look, honestly, if I worked in hospitality, man, I would, I would make no money because I'll be eating for myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I guess I just want to ask you a couple more things, James. Um, one of those things is what, what's your goal now? What's your end goal when it comes to these challenges? Cause you've been doing it since May and you know, we're in the middle of October yeah. what do you want to achieve so firstly lockdown really really uh screwed a lot of things up i had a lot of things lined up there was a lot of eating competitions around australia yeah uh with prize money with uh like professional sanctioned competitions because of obviously covid lockdown and restrictions and all that they all got cancelled mm. so i guess i used the lockdown period to get better eat more eat faster whatever it may be 
So my 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 goal at the start was I'm going to go into competition and see how well I can go, right? For a bit of fun, whatever. And then when the competitions kind of got shelved because of what was going on in the world, I'm like, all right, how about I use lockdown to see how far I can push it? You know, that involves how much I can eat, how much I can tolerate, how's my social media following, is this sustainable, can I do this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then I guess through doing that, people have been contacting me through social media and it's evolved into a few marketing campaigns, a few being invited to restaurants for food challenges, a few other competitive eaters reaching out to me to collaborate, things like that. Um, so at this point, until there's uh, some more um, some more eating competitions like on the calendar, I'm just going to keep rolling with it this way, um, building some content, doing food challenges, um, meeting people in the industry because let's face it, it's all in every industry. It's about who you know, yeah, uh, people that can lead you in the right direction or guide you. I've met a lot of uh, really influential and really nice people along the way so far that have pointed me in a few directions to help me get my name out there or even improvements on how to eat more or how to prep for a eating competition, things like this. Yeah. And then hopefully next year when eating competitions are back on the calendar, I can hit the ground running and, you know, be competitive. Mm. Um, but to be honest, until I do a proper eating competition against other eaters, I'm not going to know where I stand. Yeah. So at the moment I feel like everything is more about training and preparing rather than, uh, you know, saying I'm going to be a pro eater because to be fair, eating in front of a camera is one thing. Eating by yourself is one thing, but eating next to someone or head to head race with someone is very different. Right. Mm. So I guess after your first or second competition, you're kind of going to know how you stack up. And then I guess after I get some competitions under my belt, I can like, you know, reassess. Am I actually going to be good at this? Yeah, of course. Because honestly, there's, you can make money from this. Yeah. Like some competitions have thousands of dollars prize money. Yeah. So like you can make, you can give it a fair whack if you're decent, right? But until you go up against people, you're not going to know where you stack up or where you fit in. Yeah, true. So at the moment, my goal is just to push myself until I can push myself against somebody else. Yeah. Nice. So... I wanted to ask, um, are you, is this predominantly what you're doing now? Are you still doing PT now that we're coming out of lockdown? Like, well, what do you, is, or is this your thing now? You've just taken it on as an, as a new exciting venture. So I'm actually, I don't do personal training anymore. I'm, I'm operations manager now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment I'm stood down. So my hours are limited. Yeah. So I've been focusing on eating for now um, until I kind of, know what I'm going to do with work. Yeah. So I've just kind of used this time, this time, I guess, limited work time as an opportunity to try and give this eating thing a shake. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really have, like, I'm not, I'm not fixated on like, this is going to be, this is going to be my be all and end all. I just want to see where it goes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Um, so um, it really actually warms my heart to hear that you still have a great relationship with food and you still love food as much because if I was eating the quantities that you've been eating since May, I'd probably be driven crazy by now and turned off of quite a number of things. So that makes me actually really happy um, to talk to you and to know that you still love cooking, still love eating, you still appreciate your 
um, your mama's food and, you know, going out with um, Kate and enjoying food um, together. That's, that's really, really awesome. So I guess the last thing that I want to ask to sum everything up, James, is what place would you say that food has in your life? Literally, it doesn't have a place. Food is my life. <laughs> like literally, it always has been and I feel like it always will be. Um, li- literally, like everything in my life has been revolved around food. Like I trained more to eat more sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, my idea of a Saturday night out is where are we going to go eat tonight? You know what I mean? So like literally food is my life. Like I've traveled to many countries for work. And like, for example, I've been to America like 50 times. I've been to Las Vegas at least 30 times in my life. Right. Oh, awesome. And I've never, I've never set foot into a nightclub, but I've eaten at almost every restaurant on the strip. Yeah. Cool. Because that's my fun. Right. Like while everyone's going out partying, I'd rather be like, let's go find some food. Yeah. So, like, literally, food is my life. We're a misunderstood species. I'm exactly the same. I road tripped to the States and Texas and the whole the whole um, holiday was about where we're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, that it's I exactly made it right. And my husband and my brother and my cousin who we travelled with were like, is this all we're doing? I'm like, no, 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 we'll do things in between. Like, we'll do – but I want to I wanna, um, be in these new places that we haven't been before and – enjoy life the way that the, the locals do so yeah i think people don't get um don't get people like us but anyway that's okay um they're, they're lost so exactly. um james thank you so much like this has been most enjoyable i really appreciate you taking the time um yeah and keep doing what you're doing because there are people like me who are just really in your corner and cheering you on and really want to see what else you do in this um in this food challenge space. So thanks heaps. No, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time having me on. Um, it was fun. Thank you so much. Enjoy the wings. Thanks. I'll speak to you soon. See ya. See ya. If you'd like to connect with me, you can reach out on my socials at For Fork's Sake Podcast. That's on Instagram and Facebook, or you can even drop me an email for Fork's Sake Podcast at gmail.com.